0: Let's pray over our word, okay? Father, this Christmas season, we come to you. We come believing. We come celebrating. We come declaring. We come visiting you, as they did on that day. And Father, we get so distracted this, these, this time of year, but help us to stay focused on you, for you are indeed the reason for the season. And we'll thank you, praise you, and bless you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And the church says, amen, amen. amen. So there you are. Come on up. Evie's ready to go. <laughs> Your mom's wooing you. Ready?
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. there it
0: goes
1: and it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered the census took the census first took place while Quirinius was governor was governing so Sy, Syria So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for, that, for them in the inn. Now there were now there were in fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were great, greatly afraid. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you tidings of good, of great joy, which will be to all people. For, all, for there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the the sign to you. For you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel there. And with the angel, a multitude continued of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest yeah. and peace on earth and earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it so it was and then the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another let us go down to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass which the Lord has made known to us and they came with haste and found with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger now when they had seen him they made heard and seen as it was told them
0: amen good job Mm -hmm. amen praise the lord the wonderful christmas story as dr luke puts it out amen so this morning i want to talk briefly i promise not to keep you long we might even get out before the baptists there is a God. Okay. I want to talk, you know, pastoring the same church and the same people for 43 years, that means I've, this is my 43rd Christmas message, and I can't change the ending, um, so what do you preach on? But this year, you know, we've preached on everything around it and everybody and so on and so forth, but today I want to just get us... I felt in my spirit that I want to just get you into into the atmosphere of it and and somehow kind of just get the feeling of what it was like to be Joseph and Mary and to be born in in that situation. There's a song out now that says, It's a strange way to save the world. And isn't this a strange way to save the world, to be born in a barn? And I want to talk about, I just entitled it A Baby in a Barn. And we've read the the Christmas story, but let me give you four quick points. Number one, we need to understand that this trip from uh, Nazareth to Bethlehem was a forced government thing. Hello, government. This was a government thing. This was not a Jewish thing. This was not a religious thing. It's not no ritual uh, tied to it in any way. This is this is something that uh, the Roman government that ruled pretty much all the known world, there's things going on in China, but... The Roman Empire knew very little about China. So, I mean, the Roman Empire is the world. And isn't it interesting that Jesus was born into that empire, one person controlling the world, and when he comes back the second time, there'll be one government and one man ruling the world, only this time he won't be born in a barn He's coming back on a white horse. And y'all need to learn to ride because we're coming back with him. Glory to God. So whenever the rapture occurs, whatever that happens, amen. If if the rapture happens just before he comes back, the only reason for it is for us to get up there on our horses and come back down, amen. And from then on, Jesus will rule and reign for a thousand years, and then eternity begins. Praise God forevermore. So this is something forced on them by the government. And like I said, we're certainly going to be experiencing this, and, and everything that was back then is going to be again. And instead of a Christ, there's going to be an Antichrist. And that's the world that we'll soon be living in. Number two, you need to understand that this journey was very difficult and very dangerous. This is not a fun trip. Ladies, maybe you can, most of you can relate to how you felt in, just before you gave birth. How many of you would have liked to ridden on a donkey hello I'm not just talking about a little trip around the around the fence it was 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem 80 miles that's like walking or riding from Ashland to Columbus it's a long it doesn't seem much to us now because we just hop in the car But it would have taken, according to theologians, by the way, most of them are men. It would have taken them four days, 20 miles a day. Ladies, how many of you could have ridden 20 miles on a donkey four days in a row, nine months pregnant? Let me see your hand if that that was you. Oh, there's one. She did not even know what I'm talking about. So I was reading, and there was a woman theologian who commented, she says, just like a man that thinks so we could do that in four days. Now, I, I, he probably, Joseph was probably very careful and it probably took seven days to get you know, that distance because she would have had to get off that thing once in a while, she would need rest. Uh, some nights they would be sleeping out in the open, some nights they would wind up in cities. Uh, but, you uh, you know, he's walking, she's riding. This is very difficult. You also need to remember that probably the number one cause of death among young women then was giving birth. Many women died in childbirth. It was a very serious moment where many women died because of the medical procedure. You've you got to understand, back then, if you had maybe 12 children, maybe only six of them would reach, would reach uh, adulthood. Uh, many of them would die very early in life, the first couple years of life. Ba- you know, back then, if you cut your hand and got it infected, you probably died. <laughs> there's, no, there's no antibiotics. <laughs> you know, you just got infected, and it got worse, and you died. So death was a very common thing, and this... This was no pleasant trip, and this was extremely difficult on Mary, and uh, there you are, and the whole concept of, um, I'm nine months pregnant, never been with a man, and, and here we are, I'm carrying God. So maybe that encouraged her. I mean, what can go wrong? It's kind of like Jesus sleeping in the back of the boat, you know? I mean, everything will be Okay. He may be asleep, but he 's there he may you know he may be a baby, but he 's there and I think we 're going to make it because the bible says that 's where he 's going to be born, and we 're going to make it joseph wow what what I, you know just trying to get into their head and to understand you know how how that happens plus along the way you had to you had to find food and hopefully you got enough money for that and you got bandits because there's, there's literally thousands of people moving now so there's bandits everywhere taking advantage of the situation you have to find shelter uh, sometimes it, it's pouring down rain by the way let me just mention that this was probably not in December sorry to burst your bubble very true I don't think, you know, everything gets shut down in wintertime. They don't even fight wars in the wintertime. You know, I mean, they, they really didn't. So, so, you know, the Roman government's not going to tax everybody in December. It's interesting. It, Jesus was probably actually conceived by the Holy Spirit in December. Christmas might, Hanukkah might actually be the conception. Of Jesus. And he's actually born in late September, early October, during the Feast of Tabernacles. Because the Bible says he tabernacled with us. So he probably was born in the fall, which is perfect. The government doesn't want to do it in the summer when it's too hot or in the winter when it's too cold. By the way, shepherds wouldn't be out in the fields in December. The sheep would be all taken in by then, and there's nothing to eat out there, So they're, and it's cold. They're not out there in the middle of winter with the sheep. All right. First, your bubbles. You okay? Let's start celebrating Christmas on Tabernacles in September. All right. Or twice a year, praise God. All right. So, there they are, riding on a donkey. <laughs> It's also kind of cool because they had to go through Jerusalem to get to Bethlehem. And that, that would have been the night before they probably stayed in in uh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is about, about five or six miles north of Bethlehem. So they would have spent the night in Jerusalem and in the morning did the last five or six miles uh, into, into Bethlehem. But isn't it interesting that Jesus rode into Jerusalem twice on a donkey and his whole ministry was booked with him riding into Jerusalem on a donkey first in the womb of Mary and then just before he dies okay amen this is my Christmas message I'm not going to scream and holler <laughs> preach huh? I might get a ha huh in there you never know You never know. All right. Number three. We noticed that there was no room in the inn. They went to Bethlehem because that is where their ancestry is from. They're of the tribe, right, of of Judah. David was born in Bethlehem. That's their ancestor, and that's where they had to go to be taxed. So they go and uh, they get there, and of course, we're not. This is not the Holiday Inn. There are very few, of very, very few. There, there might there's a few places along the road that serve uh, some kind of alcohol thing or something, and uh, there might be a few rooms up above, but there there are really no inns to speak of. Uh, generally, people went and stayed with relatives. But wherever they thought maybe they could go, it was full, there's no room. So they're actually in a barn. And nowadays we got these cute little things, little barns, got a little star over it, these neat little animals. And and our nativity scenes are so precious. But I just came by to tell you today. It was a barn. Uh, some of you are city folk. <laughs> I could tell it, you're not moved by this. Uh, and I wasn't raised on farms, but I worked on farms. And I have cleaned barns. I just want you to know I relate to this. Anybody else have, anybody else have had to clean a barn? Oh, okay, okay, 10%, Okay. Wasn't that fun? I was, I was like, "You want to hear the story?" I was like, I was like sixteen. No, here, no. no. I, I was like sixteen years old when I think it's, think it was my first job. I, I got, oh, I got a job working on a farm. How hard can that be? <laughs> and I, I, I was sixteen. I was maybe as tall as I am now. I'm not sure, but. I was probably 100 pounds soaking wet. Of course, I was extremely muscular. And uh, I never know why you're laughing. I never. And I went to work for this farmer. And I, I tell you before the Lord, it's the biggest man I had ever seen in my life. I have never seen a man bigger than that since that day and I've seen a lot of big guys. There's big guys in this church. None of you were as big as this guy. He had to have been like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, huge, broad shoulder. He wasn't overweight. He just had a lot of muscle. Broad shoulders, one of those big barrel chests. You know what I'm talking about? Big old dude, tall. His, <laughs> he didn't have arms. He had tree trunks, Huge muscles on his legs. He's a, and then there's me. And one of my jobs was to it was to pitchfork a ring of silage. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? In a silo, okay. You go up in the silo. It's like 120 degrees up there. There's no windows. All the shaft is dust is getting in your lungs. It's dusty. There's no windows. It's it's 120 degrees at least out there. It's only maybe 70 outside. And you crawl up you crawl up this ladder and you go inside and you shovel you you pitchfork about that much silage. Y'all know what silage is. Y'all don't know. All right, you you pitchfork that out. So I'm like. <laughs> and I hear this booming voice down there every time. Boy, you're not done yet. (laughs) Of course, he's got this German accent, right? (laughs) I can pitch that ring down in 15 minutes. I'm up there 45 minutes. I'm like, "Ah." Yeah, I guess you can. He could literally pick up a 70-pound bale with one hand and just throw it, like, I'm like this this bail weighs as much as I do. do, you know. But one of my other jobs was to clean the barn. He was a milk, you know, dairy farmer. Hey, Amen. Little I'll do to you. There you go. What you used to do? Or used to, do you still milk? You don't you don't milk now anymore. Bless your heart. Free indeed. And so you 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 got all these stalls, and you got this little 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 thing about six inches deep and twelve inches wide, whatever it was, that ran all the way around the backside of the cow. And after the cows are out of there, hopefully they hit that, but obviously they didn't. And you had a little narrow shovel, and you just you brought in the tractor with that uh, spreader behind it and you shovel and you shovel and I would shovel and gag (laughs) shovel and gag add to the mess a little bit there (laughs) but the good part is I was being paid for this 50 cents an hour 60 hours a week Cut my paycheck at the end of the week, $30. I lasted two weeks. <laughs> my, I remember my, my dad, I've never seen him do anything like this before. He actually got on the phone and fussed at the guy. and says, you're treating my son like a slave. What's wrong with you? You're a huge man. You can't push him like that. So I quit. took my $30, and I was happy. But I cannot imagine a more germ-filled environment compared to how babies are born today than to be born in a stinking, literally stinking barn with feces and animals all around doing their thing, and there you are. That's the best you could do. And he's the son of God, born in a barn. I don't get it. What a way to save the world. That's my granddaughter. Don't pay attention. <laughs> what a way to be born. What a way to save the world. What was he thinking? Can you imagine the danger of of Birthing a baby in, in, that type of, in that type of environment. Placed him in a, in a manger, which we think is so cute. That's where the animals ate out of. So they're slobbering in that and, and nasty. I'm, I'm sure Mary did what she could to clean it out. What a mess. I'm, I'm sure Joseph's feeling like, I'm sorry. But we had to do it. The government made us do it. We had to do it. What a strange way to save the world. But it really begs the question, why? I thought God was in charge. (laughs) And why would he choose such an environment to to be born in? I wonder if God the Father and God the Son had a discussion about that you're going uh, you, what what now run that by me again? I mean, why can't I be born in Herod's temple? Why can't I be born at Herod's house or at least be born at home? <laughs> you can figure something out here. This was dangerous, this was dirty, this was nasty this was uh unheard of. It, it would always mess people up because they knew that Jesus was from Nazareth, but the Bible says that, that the Christ would come from Bethlehem, so they never, they never got that, that he was actually in Bethlehem when he was born and went back to Nazareth. So it messed up the scribes. They said, no, Jesus is from Nazareth. He's not from Bethlehem. He can't be the Christ. So it messed with history. <laughs> it messed with everything. But yet for some reason, God chose for him decided for him to be born in the lowest possible way I don't there's no record of anybody helping with the birth wrapped in swaddling clothes again oh so cute they didn't get those at Walmart that's that's the stuff they would wrap animals, baby animals in. Nasty. But isn't it interesting that the same rags that that wrapped baby lambs wrapped the Lamb of God? Hallelujah. Glory to God. But the fourth point very quickly is he was visited He had some visitors, and his visitors were shepherds. Again, strange. Of course, angels appeared to them. They're out in the field. And one thing you need to understand about shepherds, the shepherds in the field are at the bottom of society. These are the minimum wage jobs, as it were. If you're out there in the middle of the night with sheep, you have no alternatives in life. <laughs> you know, that's about as low as a job can go. The only thing lower than that would be to be a slave. Captured in war, and now you're a slave. So there they are at the very bottom of society, and Jesus is like... Who's going to celebrate my birthday? Well, I've got some shepherds picked out. Shepherds? Yeah. And the interesting thing about that is, Bethlehem had a reputation or an assignment that they were, that the lambs that were raised in Bethlehem, five miles from Jerusalem, were the lambs they used for the sacrifices in the temple. (laughs) so they're raising the lambs that were supposed to be slaughtered for the sins of the nation but they got to go see the lamb that will be killed for the sins of all mankind for all of history but it was a shepherd it was a shepherd It was just simple shepherds. And I think through all this, the message of Christmas to us is that Christmas is for everybody. He came to everybody. And sometimes we put ourselves down and sometimes we wonder, you know, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'll never make it, I can't get through this. Nobody cares about me. Nobody loves me. Jesus loves you. He knows you. I'm so. I've mentioned this several times. Uh, Kyle had to step out, but that that picture of uh, on the floating islands where they're, where they're in that house with those with those people who have been there for two thousand years and never heard about Jesus, and they're witnessing to her, and I see that little girl right there that nobody knows was even there, right? Most people never heard of the floating islands. The government doesn't have anything to do with them. But there's, there's this little girl, and I'm thinking nobody knows anything about her, but Jesus knows that little girl. No, no, you know, you're not hearing what I'm saying. Jesus knows her. Not not just about her, he knows her, made her in his image. He loves that little girl that no one else knows about, cares about, even knows exists, but God knows she exists and sent Kyle and his team to her little house to give them the good news of Christmas that Jesus died and rose again for them and that whole household got saved. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Shepherds. You may not know a lot of people. You may not have a lot of money. You may be struggling. You may be having health issues. You may be going through a lot of mess. But he's not forgotten you. Christmas is a reminder that he will go as low as he has to go to touch you. And bring you back up with him. Amen. Listen, if he's willing to live and be born in a barn, he's willing to live in you. Give Jesus praise. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. Stand to your feet. I'm going to let you go. Isn't God good? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, praise God! I've never let you out this early, but when you compete with Santa Claus, you got to do what you got to do. In God, good. Oh, praise God! I guess what I'm saying is, look how much He loves you, willing to.